On this episode of Unleashcast, I talk to an old friend from the L&D industry. Yes, it's Laura Overton, former CEO of Towards Maturity and now researcher and learning explorer. What does that mean to her? What does that mean to me? We talk about that and we also discuss thinking habits and how they've changed in the last two or three years. Find out about Laura's post-Towards Maturity work and much, much more on this latest episode of The Pod. And we've not seen each other for a while, so it's really nice to welcome Laura Overton to Unleashcast today. Laura, how are you? I am so much looking forward to catching up with you again, John. It's been too long. It has. <laughs> and I'm good, thank you. Good, good. We, there's so much to talk about. Um, I'm really fascinated to see what direction your work has gone in in the last, say, two or three years. Some of it being due to, uh, you know, global circumstances and and otherwise just a new direction for you, perhaps, and an expansion of the work, the great work you've been doing for the the previous 10, 15 years odd. Um, Let's start here. Something that fascinated me when uh, we talked to prepare this was that you talked about the, the role, the idea of a learning explorer. You call yourself a learning explorer. So tell me what that's all about. I kind of was just chatting about with you about that <laughs> um, because it just describes the nature of my work. You know, I would be the last person, John, to say we need more de- roles in our industry right now. We've got plenty of different <laughs> roles. Um, but I think it really is just describes the nature, um, underpinning nature of all the work that I've done in my career. And it seems to be the the red thread, if you like, about what's kind of driven me and what's excited me about working in the learning profession. And so for me, the idea of being an explorer means that I am just incredibly curious about what makes learning work for individuals, teams, organizations in the workplace. You know, that to me has been the underpinning curiosity, if you like. And it's what I've, I just can't help but act on that curiosity. Um, So when it was my very, very first job where I um, got a first job in in learning and development and I saw some technology in a small room under the stairs back in the mid 80s. And I was like, why aren't we using it more? How can we use it better? And I kind of, that exploration of wanting to make the most of an opportunity kind of kick-started then. And obviously I spent 15 years or so in the career of ed tech. And then when it was 2000, uh, the last kind of major disruption, I think, of learning and development was when we had to stop being in the classroom post 9-11 and we rushed into digital and some got it incredibly right and some got it incredibly wrong. And that explorer in me kicked in yet again. What is it that we're doing? Um, and that obviously led to the research work we've done. And so in the last two years, that the explorer has been thinking, OK, well, what is making learning work right now? I guess the great thing is that I now I can draw on experience and I can draw on evidence and data, which is so part of my DNA now. And that just allows me to question and to tackle issues perhaps that haven't been tackled before or in different ways. So for me, Learning Explorer is about feeding on that curiosity that I have for driving change in the industry and looking for practice 
practical opportunities and ways of doing that. So that's why the work I would do with Emerging Stronger, for example, is, is really an exploration um, and a project. But the other work that I've been doing, I've been digging in deeper into big issues um, that are really facing us at the moment and having a great time, loving it, loving it. The job of a learning explorer is the best fun for me, John. <laughs> That's great to hear. And also, um, one of the previous strap lines of Unleash, in fact, I think was stay curious or words to that effect. Um, so it's something that resonates uh, with us, definitely. And it should do with everyone, really. Talking about your recent work, you've you've been talking about thinking habits uh, quite a lot. What have you discovered? Let's take the obvious massive global event that's happened, um, you know, in the last two, three years. But what's changed for people? What do you think you've observed about people's behavior um, post pandemic when it comes to to thinking and other workplace? I think what's I think there's a couple of different things there, John. One is, you know, what's changed with the practice that I've been observing with learning and development professionals around the world. And, you know, obviously there's been an increased desire to move into digital. There's been an incredible pressure being overwhelmed. But I don't think that we've been prepared in the way that we could have been. You know, I think the role of us as learning professionals isn't to provide courses or even to drive performance, but to ensure that others are equipped and ready, not only for their job today, but for their job tomorrow. And I think what I've observed is that we haven't necessarily been equipped and ready to take on board, but we've adapted incredibly well. But what was really interesting for me, again, when we were exploring this, and I was working with Shannon Tipton in the US and Michelle Ockers um, in Australia and doing a series of interview, podcast interviews, right in the middle of the pandemic. And what really surfaced, because no one knew what was going to happen, right at that point, you know, June, July time, no one knew where this was going to go. It, it was all about how do we adapt? But what was really interesting in those interviews is that those that were in control as much as they could be, those that were ready, those that were prepared, those that were going with the flow, able to adapt and turn, it wasn't necessarily they were different types of companies, but it's like their attitude to change was completely different. And so the explorer in me, you know, we went through all of those interviews and I compared it with the high-performing learning teams in my previous research work. And that's where the idea of thinking habits really came about. You know, when we look, look about our behaviors as learning professionals, we do know what to do. If we don't, we should be listening in and reading more in Unleash, you know, because you talk about the practical things that we need to do. We need to be more aligned to business. We need to be more user centric. It's about experiences, learning. And we know it, but we're not doing it. Um, and we're often blaming the culture around us. So I was really intrigued by this. And so the work that I've been doing is really digging into what is our own inner game, <clears throat> our own um you know, ten, the, um, in tennis, we, they talk a lot about the inner game and the tactics that a player uses to be successful on the courts. And I took great inspiration from Ash Barty and the way that she was able to play on all of these different um, terrains and grounds and we're able to win. She wasn't the best tennis player, but they really, her coaches really worked on her in a game, the game that she played with herself. And that really has drawn me into the whole idea of 
how our behavior is influenced by our thoughts, how our thoughts are influenced by our feelings, etc. in that cycle. So for me, what I really observed is that we those that seem to adapt better to rapid change, those learning and HR professionals have got different ways of thinking about themselves. And I identified five. I looked at, you know, the way that we think about our value, the way we think about our role, the way that we think about our relationship with others, the way we think about our response to time, and also the way we think about our response to change and risk and innovation. And I identified a number of different continua that where we sit on those continua really influences the action we take. It influences what we read into data. It influences what we collect from data. So these kind of thinking habits are something I've really been digging into a little bit more, because if we can recognize how we think about things and we can recognize our own internal biases and maybe, just maybe, we might be willing to try something new try something different so that in the bigger picture is kind of why I've led to this point and the thinking habits for me have been a a really interesting lens to look on my past research work um as well yeah talking about your your past research um as many people know you used to run uh, towards maturity uh which has got a huge body of work in terms of the the, the evolution of learning and and how high performing uh organizations approach that you're talking about a different type of maturity now though uh in terms of how we take responsibility for our learning this was a phrase that i really picked up on when we were organizing this so how do we take responsibility for our learning as as you say well obviously having been the original architect of the maturity model and the transformation curve over a 15-year period I am very keen on the concept of maturity models in our industry. I think that they create pathways. Um, I think that they create an opportunity for those to learn from those who are just one step ahead in terms of driving better business value. Um, But any model is a map. Um, It's not the territory. Um, It can give us a sense of direction, but it can also, if we believe it's the only truth, then it can also hold us back. And certainly, you know, I think Mind Tools for Business have taken on the research program that I initiated under Towards Maturity and doing a brilliant job of maintaining that independent data and holding the mirror up to the industry about where we are. But even today, we're not progressing. And really, For me, it's really made me wonder about our reliance as a learning profession, as an industry on models. Where do I sit on this model? Which instructional design model do I use? Do I use a 70-20-10 model? How do I, whose model do I use for um, evaluating return on investment? We get fixed on the model versus the practices and the principles. And therefore, I see a lot in our industry where we're fighting each other about whose model is best, my model, your model. And, you know, as an explorer, I believe we should be incredibly agnostic. So whilst I love maturity models, the thing that I think we should be concentrating on as an industry is our own um, personal 
maturity and how we respond to all of these resources around us, the responsibility that we take for our own actions, our awareness of how our own actions influence the world of work around us. Um, and so I am really keen that we maybe shift the maturity um, discussion in the industry. It's incredibly valuable. More mature you are, more value you're going to get, more credibility you're going to get, more resources, more opportunity to experiment. The data is all out there. The maturity matters. But it's time for us to take personal responsibility for how mature we want to be as individual professionals. Um, do we want to blame our circumstances around us or are we willing to try something? It comes back to those thinking habits again. You know, are we willing to maybe let go and explore or are we only interested in holding on to our past successes? You know, these, these are the sorts of things that I think we can take control of. And I guess it's kind of been linked into the mindfulness and mental health aspects about you know taking more responsibility for ourselves and i believe that we can be doing that professionally and certainly the research and the exploration that i've done in the industry shows that those that do just have more fun john <laughs> you know <laughs> just have more fun it's not that they're thwarted but they're they find different ways of working around the system and and trying things and exploring and sharing great news and you know and being the change rather than just talking about it so for me that internal maturity is something i think we probably should be focusing on now yeah i i couldn't agree more i mean in a way there's no better time for this exploration this ripping up of the rule book this looking to kind of new avenues you've not explored before because so much has changed so um yeah, yeah brilliant fascinating to hear thank you so much laura we will definitely be seeing each other soon i'm sure some event somewhere um but it's really really great to catch up and talk to you and see see what you've been working on thank you oh john thanks for the opportunity to explore it with you <laughs>